0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Philadelphia! We're talking about practice.
2: World f-ing champions! Next question.
1: Hey everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark. Please subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast, rate and review this. And we have a special guest uh, here in Philly. We're trying to figure out what happened with Ben Simmons and where do we go from here? And let's bring in Kevin Boyle, Ben Simmons, high school coach from Montverde Academy. And Kevin is one of the best high school basketball coaches in the country. Maybe the best eight time national head coach of the year in high school basketball he had Ben Simmons. He had Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving. And tell me, Kevin, as I bring you in, uh, in this draft, how many players do you think will be drafted from your school and also uh, your number
2: one overall pick, what that's going to mean for your school? Well, we'll give our school, obviously, a lot of attention. Mount Verde Academy. We're about 22 miles from Disney World in Florida. We're international boarding school with kids from 94 countries. And, uh, you know, Kate Cunningham is the projected number one pick. And it will be, you know, personally, my 10th guy uh, picked in the top three in, I'm sorry, my seventh guy in the last 10 years, and five of them are from Montverde Academy. I was at St. Patrick's, New Jersey. Prior to that, we're at Kyrie Irving and Michael K. Gilchrist. So it will mean a lot to our program and to our, our you know, our academy we have, where kids Google that stuff all over the world and, and come to join our academy from grade six to postgrad.
1: Well, I really appreciate you joining us. And I think Philly does too. Ben Simmons came from Australia to come to your high school. Just give me an idea of when you're watching Ben Simmons this past series against the Hawks after having so much success in the regular season offensively, what
2: was your feeling when you're watching him struggle like he did? Well, first of all, I obviously hurt for him. Cause I know it's gotta be, you know, bothering him um, as a player. You don't want to show that too much or talk about it too much. But obviously, when you're not playing, you know, as good as you're capable offensively and you're starting to lose confidence in that area of the game, it's, you know, it's difficult. And then obviously in the in the when you're famous, you're going to get, you know, publicity that's not favorable in those situations. So, you know, that's when you're young. It's hard to handle that when you haven't had a lot of negative publicity in your career, mostly all positive publicity. So it was difficult to watch, uh, you know, the offensive side for him. So when you're watching him at the free throw line and I was talking to you, you said he shot 70% of his free throws in high school. We had Ben for three years. He shot probably just a shade under 70% for three years uh, from the foul line. And um, he had a lot, you know, the funny thing was he had, you know, most games he made, you know, one to two, maybe even three outside shots a game, you know, jump shots. Now I know they're not NBA threes. I know it's not the same talent that you're going against. or the length on defense but we're playing the elite high school level and, you know, guys are coming at him and often having smaller guys try to guard him and get inside him. But, um, you know, I think it's just more than anything, it's it's a confident thing. Obviously, he's a two-time first-team all-defensive player. So that's a great person to have on your team, guard multiple positions. He's, you know, a three-time all-star. He's a facilitator. I think he led the NBA in assists to three-pointers this season. So if you you want to play with them, if you're a guy looking to shoot, because they'll give you the ball almost to a fault. And then it becomes a confidence thing of not worrying about missing foul shots. So now you're not attacking the rim. You're not looking to shoot because you don't want to get fouled. And then it affects your whole offensive game to foul line. So the last three playoffs
1: for Ben, his free throw shooting percentage has gone down each time. And now it's the lowest of all time in NBA history at like 33%. How do you think that
2: has happened? Well, again, I think it's more a, a mental thing than physical thing. I know there's some, you know, things that had to be cleaned up there. I thought his shot was pretty good coming out of high school. He had a slight slant to the, you know, to the left, but very slight. And when he first got to Philly, I don't know, you know, what really happened, but his form changed to, you know, you know, really technically uh, not correct. And, um, you know, I, I think trying to maybe straighten him out too much of his arm, ended up opening his arm up and, and it didn't look good. And I think he lost confidence the, the way it appeared looked and also the result, you know, you start getting some criticism. So you stop doing stuff that people are going to criticize and you get self-conscious about it. And I think, again, I think more than anything, it's a confidence thing. I mean, I've seen him many times go 12 for 15 from the foul line, 11 for 16, 10 for 14. That was regular in high school, those type of numbers. And now you're struggling to go three for 10. Obviously, it's mental when you've done that before. And it's something that, you know, if he could fix, which, you know, I think without question, you can, you know, you're, you're a top 10 player in the NBA if you're aggressive offensively. Without question, you're capable of getting 22 a game, 23 a game, you know, if you're playing downhill and aggressive. And I almost think he needs a shot quota that he has to be put on and he has to have some type of accountability or substitution thing if you're not doing that, almost like a reverse psychology. We don't care about the result. We care about that you're shooting and you're going to the foul line. We want 10 foul shots a game. We want X field goals a game, and you know th- that that type of psychology that it will straighten itself out with work in the gym with some connect, uh, some corrections. You know, right now he's swinging the ball from his waist to the top of his head instead of really taking it under his chin in the shooting pocket. You know, creating a, a harder shot. So there's some technical things, but. More than anything, I think it's a mental thing right now a confidence thing. And, you know, that's, again, not always easy to fix, but definitely can be fixed.
1: And, and really, when you were watching him in, in the second round, and this has happened a couple times in the second round where defense gets a lot tighter and you're in a series, the other team can kind of exploit weaknesses. Uh, how much did you feel for him that it seemed like he kept getting deeper and deeper in, uh, in his mind on the offensive end? How much did the free throw shooting affect everything else and just kind of being – shy away from the basket
2: well I I think it was crystal clear if you looked at his field goals uh, uh, number of field goals in past playoff series over the several years it really wasn't that bad the number of shots he was taking in the over the years I looked at it the other day Um, you know a lot of times he was in that double figure shot total and he really just you know you could see it was totally confident now could there be some things outside the court perhaps there's you know as everybody has personal lives and, and I'm not saying that that's that's the case at all but obviously, you know, there's something going on with him that he's not totally focused, and also the confidence thing and the criticism that we get that we've really never had much of when you're a person like him, and sometimes that takes, you know, some, you know, maybe go through a tough patch, get some thick skin, and and get back in there and, and, and after it again, but um, you know, there's there's no question. He's capable. I think he's had 25 points or more, 21 times in his career. He might even had 40 against Utah this year when Joel didn't play. So, you know, it's not like, oh, he's never could score those numbers. He's I, I think it, the important thing with him is when he starts good, he almost always plays good. But even in those games, sometimes he will start with a good first quarter, eight or nine points. And it's almost like he's satisfied Like he got 15 and he doesn't want to risk uh, maybe ruining my percentages that game and going for 30. And I think that's a, a really something that's got to be, to me, it's got to be. He's got to get four or five shots in the first quarter, attacking four or five shots in the third quarter, and that's got to almost be a mandate to him. Because when he plays that way, going downhill, he's just so hard to stop, and he's so big and athletic, and he's and he's so capable. Because he's obviously shoots more shots with his right hand than his left hand, and I know there's been a lot of talk about that. Is he really a righty? Is he really a lefty? And you know, I mean, probably does everything with his right hand, including signing autographs um, than his left hand. But, you know, I think that's probably difficult at this stage to switch hands, though some people would argue, you know, the result wasn't great. So, you know, is there a big risk in switching? But, you know, but again, I recall, I I, I can, you know, again, as a high school level guy, you know, and obviously LeBron's gotten better and better shooting the ball more and more confident. You know, one LeBron's one of the All time great high school players and NBA players. Ben Simmons was, you know, a three time national champion. And, you know, we had him for three years. And he was, as you know, he was the player of the decade in high school basketball. And that was a deserving award winning three national championships, scoring, rebounding, defending the whole nine yards, and a variety of things, including making shots and making jump shots. You know, again, still the dominant points were around the rim but there was almost, you know, a rare game where he didn't hit a shot from the perimeter, if not two, um, in most games and almost always double figure foul shots in the game because he's getting fouled. Seven for 11, 10 for 14, bad game, 10 for 15, but it wasn't, very rarely was it below 50% or 50% where you've noticed it that bad, you know? So it's, it's um, you know, right now, it's a clearly a mental thing to me. And I believe you told me when we were talking you compared LeBron James's jumper in high school to Ben's. What did you say? Well, I think Le- LeBron, and again, this is in no way any disrespect to LeBron. You could argue he's the best player ever. Um, and there's a good argument for that and some other players. But in the high school level, Ben definitely shot the ball, you know, on that level with LeBron. LeBron shot, I think, improved. If you remember in the Dallas series when they lost 4-0 to when he was with Cleveland, unbelievable job getting Cleveland to the championship with not a lot of uh, you know, final championship talent with him. But his jump shot was, they were backing off, giving him space. And you've seen a different player who's worked, put time in and gotten better and better and has the, the confidence that he's going to take them and make them and not the fear of not being successful. And that's what he, Ben's got to grow. Not to, you know, not being worried about not what people think and not being worried about failure. And, you know, if he if he can gain that mindset, He'll have great success and he'll be, I'm not going to say he's ever going to be LeBron because that's that's you know a different story, but he can be a top 10 NBA player regularly. That's not out of the realm for him. Again, he's as good as anybody defensively at his size, which is incredible value in multiple positions. Secondly, everybody wants to play with him because he gives the ball up to you if you could score your, your share with that. And third, I think he needs to be put into handoffs from the five to him coming out of the corner. So now he has, he's kind of rolling out, going towards you know getting the handoff, attacking the top of the key to the rim and for a layup, a kick out or a lob dunk over the top to a big. So I think he should be put in more of those positions where he's getting the handoff and attacking the basket. And now he's in that situation. Again, I know to be fair to Doc and everybody else, do we want to put him in that position if he's not being aggressive? Do we want to put him in that position if he doesn't want to get to the foul line? So it's, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg in that type of scenario. But I think, you know, that's a new season. And if it's with Philly, great. If it's with a new team, if that's needed, then great for him. And, you know, I think he's got to start with, you know, kind of take a couple of weeks off disappear, and then get back to work and, um, You know, I think a year from now, things could be all right. I mean, last year, Paul George, everybody wanted him traded for hero from Miami. And now uh, there's not a person in the world that would make that trade. So, you know, it's the world we live in today. So when you saw Ben
1: Simmons in high school and the jumper that he had, do you say to yourself, how come he's not using that in the NBA?
2: Well, yeah, I think, you know, when he went to college and he went to first to the NBA, I think... What happens with these guys today? They're 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 such good players, so talented, and it's such massive attention basketball players get. I think a lot of times people are afraid to coach them hard, and you know, and I don't mean Doc. I think they're you know, I mean, uh, you know, when he first went to LSU and and to uh, you know to Philly, it's common. You know, there's not a lot of guys getting in your ass, excuse my language, but getting after you and being aggressive if you need to be. But I think when you really care for somebody, you're explaining why you're doing it. You're telling them how it's good for them and how, you know, if you don't play aggressive, I'm going to sit you down. If you don't attack the basket, So I'm I'm basically telling you, if you don't shoot, I'm benching you. Now You know, what's wrong with that? Why are you complaining about that? I'm telling you, you know, that's almost unheard of. It's usually the other way around. If you take bad shots, if you're not making shots, I'm using the reverse on you. If you don't take X amount of attempts and a jump shot, In the first and third quarter, you're not starting the next game. You're not starting the next half, whatever it is. And I think that type of accountability needs to to be given to him and to be firm with him on it because he's, you know, he's got such talent. And there's no question he's, you know, he's been a terrific player. So let's not forget that. And, you know, everybody coming down on him hard, but how many guys have been an all-star three times in their first four years and, you know, was second in voting in all defensive team. And led the NBA to assist on three pointers. You know, so and you, we're coming out like this is a, a guy that's not a good player. So he's been a terrific player that had you know that's got to gain his confidence offensively, and that's you know obviously you got to make shots, you got to do a lot of skill training, you got to be accountable, you got to listen, and you got to you know get with you know guys and people you really trust in you know to to mentor him regularly. So now
1: Sixers coach Brett Brown did push him to shoot, and he even said publicly that, you know, I want you, Ben, to shoot one three a game. Mm-hmm. And Elton Brand, the general manager before, he said Ben is going to shoot this season. As it was actually going into the season yeah. before. He's going to shoot. Now, that didn't happen. So, um,
2: so why? Now You know, I'll, I can't answer that because I, I wasn't there. But I think there's no consequence if you don't do what they're asking And to me, the consequence is you're going to shoot or you're not going to start the next game or you're not going to start the half. And, you know, again, it's a lot of it to me is a reverse psychology of I'm confident in you. I believe in you. I know what you're capable of. And, you know, we got to get this out of you and we got to do something. So don't take it the wrong way, Ben, but we got to come (laughs) at you, we got to fix this or you're going to get criticized for not doing it. So what you're, you know, you're playing tentative and not as confident as you can be on with the ball offensively, because you probably don't want to be criticized and talked about not making foul shots, not doing this very, very normal human reaction. But if you don't do it, then you're gonna get probably more criticized for not shooting in the fourth quarter, not being aggressive, being a liability in you know, in certain scenarios on the, on the end of the game. You know, so either way, you're gonna get criticism. You might as well do it being aggressive. And hey, you had 24 points and you were, you know eight for 16 from the floor and you were eight for 15 from the foul line, but you had 24 points and you had a lot of numbers and, you know, and you also fouled a lot of people out Then You put a lot of starters on their team on the, who are good offensive players on the bench. So you even help us to some degree, if they want to foul you that much and you're aggressive and you have only 50%, 55, it's not what we want, but you're also going to put some good players on the bench and on the other team that are starters. if you're going to foul you that many times being aggressive. The old Adrian Dantley theory that, you know, Chuck Daly would say he's a great defender because he gets fouled so much, you know, and and that's also, you know, part of that doesn't totally hurt us as one may appear.
1: So do you think at this point, because in my personal opinion, this seems to be rock bottom for him offensively because of what happened in this series and to actually be taken out of the game, do you think this is kind of the moment, the big turning point where things
2: are going to change from this experience? Well, I I think it's definitely, like you said, a rock bottom for him in basketball in a sense of the criticism, a sense of being taken out of a key part of a game where you're not going to be in, um, or you're not the guy to make the play and have the ball, maybe not shoot it, but at least we're going through you. So that's a different experience. It's a humbling experience, but a lot of times those humbling experiences are good because I think we grow the most when we're humble when we work hard and we usually listen a lot better when we've been forced to be humbled, you know, and it, it, really opens us up to, uh, good ideas from good people and, you know, to understand like, yeah, I do need to get better at that. It's, it's, it's not just a few haters out there saying it it's, you know, I gotta be honest and look at it and say, Hey, I'm excellent at defense. I'm excellent at facilitating, but I need to develop my offensive game and my variety of ways to score. There's no reason he's not – in the one game against Atlanta, he did a pretty good job against the Golanari of facing up, and they had about four or five possessions. I think he might have 18 in that game where we really faced him, and they went to him a number of times in a row from the, the left, almost like he'd do with Joel And that left. He drove it several times, faced him at the foul line. He had one or two, and it was just that same scenario was set up in a, in a later game, and he didn't have the same – the team didn't have the confidence in him. He didn't have the confidence in himself in that game. You could see it, you know, and I think that's – you know, sometimes you got to get away and regroup, you know, kind of, you know, walk away from it a little bit and, and then come back. And to me, Ben's usually been his best when his back's to the wall um, in these things a couple of years ago, I think he didn't make the all-star team. And he played really good before that against like maybe one of the players, from Miami made it And a couple of years in a row. He's had good stretches right before the all-star game where it looked like, will he make it? Would he not? And he's had like a good 10 games right before the break. Uh, before the decision of the, who's going to be an All-Star, if you look at that, that history, he's had a really good run in those periods where, like, the pressure's on. If you don't turn it up and score a little bit now, you're not going to make the All-Star game. And it, he's kind of responded. And that's what kind of, um, you know, I just think he got overwhelmed with the amount of press and everything that, that kind of caught him, probably maybe a little off guard, you know. And, you know, now he's got to, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, just really man up, which I think he will. And I think he'll figure it out. And, you know, I'm, I'm very confident that his best days are ahead and this will be a turning point in his career to have great success. Cause you know, I, we've had the good fortune of having a lot of good pros, D'Angelo Russell. And, you know, D'Angelo would say like, you know, Ben's so good. Like and D'Angelo's at one time, all-star 20 point score in the NBA and it's like coach Ben could score 25 game. If you just, like, if he really wanted to, it's like, you know, so It's I think a lot of the other guys recognize it and he's got to, you know, work at it and believe in himself and be put in those situations that are best for him. And again, it's got to be I, I just think it's a mindset. I remember a couple of years ago, I went to the Brooklyn series and I was down below with him after the game. And I was the first game. I think they lost to Brooklyn. He didn't play particularly well. And, you know, they were all making excuses for different things. And I was like, you know, the ball's in your hand. You have the ability to attack the rim. They're not taking you out of the game. So I don't want to hear about this situation, that situation, attacked the rim. I think he had 18 and 31 the next two games against Brooklyn, really being aggressively really going downhill. And then he got, I think, with Kawhi in the next series, it was like for him, it's like Kawhi and LeBron, two big stars. And they're almost like, you know, guys, Think like, I'm a, a young guy in the NBA, and that's LeBron James, and that's Kawhi. And I think that was, you know, didn't play as well in the Toronto series where he had a really good Brooklyn series offensively, if you go back to that time. You know, for about the last, you know, about that middle part of the series, he really scored a boy at 31-on-1 game and was aggressive and taking 15, 16 shots and looking, you know, like there's nothing wrong here at his age. Everything's progressing nicely. So, you know, I think he just has to, you know, re, uh, re-evaluate everything, look at everything, get in the gym, you know, get with Doc and the staff and, 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 you know, and hopefully if it's a Philly, if it's at a new place, I know it could be tough in Philly when you struggle, they're not too forgiving, but that, that's, you know, That's right. So do you think that it can happen
1: in Philly? Because I remember a couple of years ago, he said he was learning to try to block out the noise and all of the things that are out there. And we live in a social media world. So do you think that he can overcome this in Philly or does it have to be somewhere else?
2: Well, I think he can, you know, um, any place, obviously, you know, it's going to take some time, but any place people forget fairly quick. You go, you know, 20, 30 games in the next year and you start making shots with some consistency, people will start hoping again and dreaming again that it could be done in Philly. You know, I think they need to, you know, the fans that are are diehards and a little frustrated and maybe a little outspoken, um, you know, their whole life is their team. And if they start seeing results like that, you know, they'll still probably want to see it in the playoffs. But at the same time, they also haven't seen those type of shots, in a regular season. So I think for Ben, just showing, you know, some jump shots in games, some pull-ups at the foul line, even, you know, one dribble pull-ups to the elbow, um, you know, more post-ups and, you know, face-ups in the post and little shots are going by, got one bounce and powering the ball. And, um, you know, I think those type of things, and if the team does a good job, if I'm the team, if I'm with Philly, I want to really market that sell that to him as well as to them that hey we're not going to win without him. So we need everybody's support if if he's here and we all need to encourage him. It doesn't make sense not to if you fans want a championship. And that would be the wise thing for all of us to get behind him. And you know, not to forget too we're all people and we all have positive you know times in our life and negative times. And you know, um as fans, of course, we can get a little bit overzealous, but at the same point that we need to have you know, compassion when somebody's that young and struggling a little bit.
1: You know, it's interesting because you you told me about his jump shot in high school and I see him warming up before every single game and he makes a lot of jump shots. He takes some threes. We're not talking about him taking a lot of threes in the NBA. We're not talking about him taking threes at all, really. But like you said, a mid-range jumper or a jumper, 10 foot, 12 foot jumper would do really well. So my thing is like, we see him work on it pre-game all the time, he warms up that way. Um, What do you think is the block that's there for him with his shot? Is it the mechanics of it, the changes that were made to it by whoever, or is it he doesn't want to look bad in a game and hear criticism from people?
2: Well, you know, I think there's some things mechanically that could be adjusted um, without question, but at the same point, I think part of that is the criticism He's got to get over that stage of it that, you know, that concern with public opinion, you know, and I think a lot of the young kids that have had such fame so early, you know, so much of their life is centered around public opinion. You know? And for us who haven't had negative public opinion, it, it could be very overwhelming at first, especially at this stage and how, you know, how, how some people could be. Uh, so I think he needs to address that as well as his development of I'm not where, you know, yeah. Yeah. I want to look good. Yeah. I want people to like me. Yeah. I want people to respect me, but I'm not going to measure myself in public opinion. I'm going to know who I am. And if I work really hard, put a lot of time in, that's all I can do. That's what I can control. I'm going to work on what I can control and I want people to like me, but I'm not going to be concerned if they don't, if I did everything I can, I'm going to you know hold my head up and know I put every, every ounce into it. That I listened, I worked hard, I was accountable. And, and, you know, I think Philly's a working man's town. So, you know, so I think, you know, he, he wants to show that they want to show that and, you know, from a public marketing standpoint, I would push that, you know, as well to the fans, I think the fans are part of this if he stays in Philly, to help that.
1: You know, it's interesting, because some people think because of the free throws going down each year, the percentage, uh, that he doesn't work enough on it uh, and maybe he doesn't care enough. That's just a little perception that
2: can be out there. What do you say to that from your experience with him? Well, Ben was always a terrific practice player for us. You know, I think as, you know, he needed to, you know, first he did not need to be in the gym extra in a sense enough that he didn't need to be, but it wasn't something that it came easy to him. He was a dominant high school player at 6'10 and, you know, tremendous athlete. Uh, he practiced very, very hard for us, you know. And again, you know, we've had a you know good reputation that we're not going to allow anything but guys going really, really hard. And you know, um, he—that's why I said I, what I'm saying. He was—he had, had no problem being coached hard, and and run hard. And I think, you know, a, a little bit, you know, in sometimes in college, in, in where he was, I don't think they were happy to have him, and I don't think they were really in him, you know, to, to really push him. And it was almost like a year to get to the pros and, you know, as opposed to a developmental year to get to the pros and an improvement year. And we're living in the gym year and a year from now, you have to do a B and C in the world you're going to be in the NBA and we got to, you know, you're just, you know, weren't really shooting a lot of perimeter shots at LSU. And, you know, we didn't address some of those things. And I don't know if, you know, they held him accountable working as much as he probably should have, you know, and then, you know, in the NBA, I'm not, you know, not in coach Brown, but I think, you know, the same thing. I don't, you know, I think the relationships are different and when players are so young um, you know, again, I think people sometimes need to be coached hard. I think when, when they got into D'Angelo a little bit at Brooklyn, it was probably when he was his best with Casey in that second year when he was, you know, all of a sudden he blew up, and was playing great. And I think that was a good system with, you know, I think some guys need that relationship with a coach or the coach and that, I think it's important for them, you know, the way they're, their makeup. And I think Ben needs that either the head coach or the top assistant, that they have a great relationship that he could trust the guy. And that that guy could also be honest with him and tell him stuff. He may not want to hear even negative stuff about his game and transparent stuff that needs to improve. And we're not going to pussyfoot around it. We're going to address it. And I'm not going to worry if you're pouting and, and you're not going to pout you're 24 years old, you know, you got to be accountable and, you know, you're, you know, you're the grown man now. And now, you know, you're going to have some bad press from this, but there's, you know, there's, there's the sun's going to come out tomorrow and it could be a bright day in Philly or someplace else in the NBA. And I, and I think it will be for him. Yeah.
1: I tell you, I love what you're saying about the coaching. It is hard for these coaches in the NBA. You're seeing all the coaching changes this year in Atlanta, uh, in Dallas, Uh, You hear Zion wants uh, some different things done. Stan Van Gundy's out of a job. So I think sometimes these coaches, uh, they can get fired if the star player doesn't like the coach or the way the coach is coaching them. So it's such a tough thing in the NBA.
2: Yeah, but I think, again, it doesn't mean you have to be in any way. You can never be disrespectful to anybody, but I think a lot of guys, you know, would be receptive to transparency to you know maybe somebody pushing him hard if they don't have that in them and again if you don't get your star to buy in in some way you're going to be fired anyway eventually you know if you don't get him to do what if you're correcting what you need him to do if you can't figure out how to get him to do those things and and the lead and this and that then you're going to end up not lasting as well and again i don't mean these are grown men you got to always be incredibly respectful to them and you know how you t- to communicate with them, but I think a lot of times you just gotta explain to people, like be on the same page. And do you want to be an all pro? Yes. Okay. What's it gonna take to be an all pro? Is it a thousand shots a day? Is it 250 foul shots a day? Is it this mechanical thing? Is it going to, you know, if it's talking to somebody about your shot or about other things, whatever it is, you know, uh, to get yourself in a good frame of mind. Well, whatever you need to do then we need to do those things. We agree on those things and then we're going to hold you accountable for them. And I'm going to call you out when you're not doing those things. You know, that's, that's more what I'm talking about, you know, and, and uh, again, you know, where do you want to be, how are you going to get there? And then who are you going to trust to hold you accountable and not shy away from that because you're the star.
1: Well, I got to tell you uh, it was very enlightening talking to you about all this and, and look, Philly, Philly's all about tough love. And and there was a lot of support when I was in the Wells Fargo Center and and Ben was struggling with his free throws. They were all cheering and trying to help him. And then it kept getting worse. And then you felt the uncomfortableness and there was groans from the crowd. Um, So hopefully this is a point where, you know, Ben is saying, okay, I don't want all of this criticism that happens now. So I have to fix this offensively because he's amazing defensively. He's an amazing passer. Um, So hopefully this is kind of the tough love thing that, that gets him over the hump and, and the work has to be put in, but we all want to see Ben succeed.
2: Right. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, I would love to see it in in Philly where he is, you know, uh, that'd be terrific. Um, I mean, they have some good pieces there. Again, it's such a, if they win last game and they're in the series against Milwaukee, you would say they have as good a chance as anybody would a championship, you know, and it's, it's uh, in that world, inches and seconds and, you know, somebody's a hero and, and the Clippers could have been out a couple of games ago and obviously their backs against it now, but a couple of games ago they were in real trouble in the first series they were down 2-0 and, um, you know, it's it's just funny sometimes or, or, you know, if Brooklyn, if it's a three instead of two for Kevin Durant, Milwaukee's out and the coach is fired his foot's yeah. on an inch on the line. They win the game in overtime, Milwaukee wins, he gets an extension and everybody says, what a great job he's done. You know, so sometimes it's just inches and seconds that make somebody's career or, or hinder somebody's career. And um, I'm, I'm super confident that Ben will back, you know, bounce back. He's too talented. He's 24. You know, there's too many experts from Fran Franchella to Jay Billis, to Dickie V to all these guys that watched him young and in comment. And, you know, all these NBA guys as well. Almost nobody was picking him not to be a 10 year All Star and and I mean, truthfully he's on path to that. But obviously this is a uh, you know a moment where you've kind of hit a bottom and you know it's a defining moment. Do, do, does it affect you where you can't get back up from that, or do you get back up strong? I, I don't think there's an in between. I think it affects you where it's you know not good or you grow from it. You know I don't think Ben is a sub in the nba you know i think he either grows into a star player that we expected him or it's not good and i'm betting you know very 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 confident he will end up being you know a star player in a 10-time all-star and you know a three-time you know first or second team all pro and 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 have a championship ring so i'm very confident in that um you know because he's just too talented
0: so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
1: Well, I'll tell you, that's great perspective, good insight from you, Uh, and and it's great to learn about some of the things that Ben did in high school, and hopefully he can find that again somewhere. Um we appreciate your time so much. Kevin Boyle, thank you so much for the time
2: here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.
0: Ooh, my, I'm the
2: greatest. mom am so flagrant.